0: Seems cold and bleak, and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shine through the dark. It's a hopeless show. we there and it hit wo. It's a hopeless show. We're there and it hit What up? What up? What up? What
1: up? What
0: up? How oh, many times sh- can you say what up before it becomes old? Like, what up, what up, what up? That's fine, right?
1: I think after uh, you say it a certain amount of times, you become a mid-90s Budweiser spokesperson. Um, but oh. <laughs> if yeah. that's a throwback, we're wow, looking forward to 51, episode 51 of The Hopeless Show. Hi, Aaron. Isn't it?
0: Hi. Hi, Rohit. In- Wait, Air- episode 51, Area 51, right?
1: Oh, yes. Are we are all just um, we're we're the aliens here. Area 51 was the original residence of this of this planet. I think everybody's got it all backwards. (laughs) And in today's episode, we're going to expose the truth.
0: Which is why, which is why. The theme. Is guilt. And Mystery. So we're gonna tie everything to guilt and mystery because and also remember, if you're listening to this podcast by the end you'll you'll see what we're talking about as you go through as we go through all the crazy topics. If you survive this episode, you've been to a place where most people have never gone before. Episode fifty one. I love the Area 51 connection. By the way, I think this is awesome. I think we should have exploited this way more. Like, I want music. I want like, I want us to like randomly disappear. I want things to happen to people that are listening. Like, I wanted to. I, we should have gone all in.
1: Yeah, you know what? But I think may, maybe we'll we'll be able to pull out the the alienness um, along the way. But yeah, we have a packed show today. Aaron, want to tell want to tell us all about it? What we got coming up?
0: Oh, yeah, we've got. Uh, we're going to be talking about what this weekend represents. We're going to, uh, with Juneteenth, we're going to be talking about everything from masks on planes to a bunch of big sporting events to something very dangerous in the crypto world. And then a whole thing about tattoos and even uh, Tiananmen Square is coming into play. So. You gotta, you, and you gotta. And one of our submissions, our submission at the end, is something that's a uh, a can't miss submission. It's something like we've never had before. So get ready for us to be challenged. <laughs> Uh I guess we, but let's start with so. Uh, the theme is guilt and mystery. So one big piece of mystery that got uncovered was Juneteenth, the uh, the end of slavery date, uh, June. 19th 1865 if i have my history right uh is now uh, president biden made it a, an official national holiday so i think that's an amazing piece of news but i have a problem Uh-oh. what first what do you think of what do you think of the news
1: i mean i think the emancipation i mean it's it's great that we are actually getting a chance to you know honor the emancipation proclamation and use it as a day to kind of reflect you know on the descendants of slavery you know our our black americans that are you know there's there's still residual impact from you know well over a century um since that emancipation proclamation was signed and yeah i think it's great but i think right now it's more performative than anything um it's great that we're honoring it but what are we doing and i think that's what a lot of people are wondering
0: well, that's th- like, I think the day before there was a soundbite from uh, Trump where he said something about the fucking blacks don't like me, I believe is the quote. Ooh. And uh, so that just shows we're not all the way there. If the guy who was running the country, if you call it that for, uh, for four years, is still saying that stuff the day before this becomes a national holiday. Well, we have a ways to go. But here, wow. but that's not my problem. My problem is this, and, and, and help me, as we. Well, I'll, I'll introduce it. This is definitely news from the quarantine. Um, here's the problem. Today, I went to text someone about the holiday, and I was about to write "Happy Juneteenth Day," but then I just thought, "Wait a second, you don't write that." But it's a holiday, so you just think, "Oh, I'm going to say Happy this," but it's not that. And so I didn't know what to say. So then I thought, do we say, you know, I hope you have a good educational experience today. (laughs) I hope you honor the, I didn't know what, so help me. I, I just didn't, I don't know how we treat this holiday with the respect it deserves, but also don't go into like a, like a monologue every time we have to Bring it up to someone about what we're about the fact that it's a federal holiday.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that everybody's is still going to kind of, uh, you know, it's going to take a couple of years for acclamation. I mean, I'm still the guy that, you know, wished people happy Passover without actually truly just remembering that Passover was in like, you know, the Jews prevented their slaughter by, by placing, uh, you know, like the, the blood of a lamb over their door so that God would pass them over and not kill their children. And that's not a happy holiday. Um, but, yeah, I kind of was always wishing people happy Passover. Um, and well, so I think with. <laughs> hey, man, uh, I hope you had I, a rad Passover. <laughs> uh, I mean,
0: I could I could uh, bring up something else that you mistaken uh, for a while. <laughs> it's a
1: difficult choice whether you should or not, but I think you shouldn't. Um and <laughs> uh, Actually, I'll you know just, what? We can talk about it. We can fucking talk about it. All right, it let's let's I, talk yeah. about it because the
0: the theme is guilt and mystery. So right, so this is all about guilt, and so Rohit in San Diego said something. There was a choice we were making. I think about where to go, whether to go to the market or not. Just some basic choice. And you said, "Yeah, that's a Sophie's choice," and the rest of us looked at Rohit and thought, "Wait." what (laughs) what did you just say because for those who don't know Sophie's Choice is a was a woman in the Holocaust who had to choose which of her kids were going to survive and which one was going to get killed and Rohit innocently didn't realize that every time he said that's a Sophie's Choice that it (laughs) wasn't like Someone just had to choose, like, do they want apples or oranges, right?
1: Yeah, I just thought it was... I thought Sophie's Choice was some, like, you know, like, young adult novel. I had no idea it was Holocaust. I just remember, I just heard the phrase. And for some reason, in my mind, I had it about, like... Tying back to some dystopian novel where they clone parents, clone a child, and then the <laughs> child's name's Sophie, and that child then has to like you know they har to harvest organs for their sick daughter that wasn't the clone, and I thought that it was Sophie's choice to make a tough decision whether she should give her kidney or one of her two kidneys or not, and I just thought it was that it's like oh is it a tough choice to bodily autonomy? All these years at work <laughs> with friends, anytime there's been a raw decision, not anytime, but on certain times when there's been a raw decision, <laughs> I have blurted out Oh man, that's a Sophie's choice, and nobody has fucking stopped me. Nobody has corrected me. I've only gotten like looks of people like, "Oh, what?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's a hard choice." Like you know, like it's. And it wasn't until we were in San Diego, and we're trying to figure out we should go to the market or Seven Eleven to grab some like more beers or something, or or we're looking for funyuns. I really wanted funyuns. Yeah, snacks and snacks. Yeah, and. I was like, yeah, it's because we got a Sophie's Choice, whether it's, uh, you know, the market or the 7-Eleven. They all looked at me like, what the fuck did you just say? And I'm like, so I explained. And then it was explained to me that what Aaron just said, I was like, oh, it has to do with the Holocaust. I'm like, what? And then, oh, that has to do with like a woman choosing which child she can save and which child goes to like get killed in a concentration camp. Yeah. And I immediately was like, yeah, I'm not going to use that around work or anywhere else anymore. Uh, well, Sophie's Choice. What, for it,
0: what was what was even better about it? And I'm Jewish, right? So I can say it was it was funny just watching Rohit like just self combust. And also, I could—I mean—he put his head down on the table for a bit. You know, th- there was a lot of guilt. I mean, the guilt that you were feeling was massive, which <laughs> yeah, which was bad. also just fun, which was funny to watch. And then I could see. All of the times that you've said this or the ones that you could remember, they all were going on in your head and you were reliving every one of them. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, I said that about, like, tricks or Snickers. Like, I said that about are we going to eat ramen or sushi? Like, the amount of times that that you were going through your head, how you had made that comment in the completely wrong way, really, I mean, for us, it it totally made it worth it. I mean, that was great entertainment. Aaron.
1: I can say without hesitation. I have, I've instituted the usage of the phrase "Oh, it's a Sophie's choice" when food decisions have come to mind, probably more than <laughs> once before. I know for a fact I have. It's like "Oh, <laughs> Chick Fil A or Burger or McDonald's, whatever." Like it's. <laughs> no,
0: no. And I have to have. I have to ask a follow up question. Yeah. Just, just and cause before we go to topic one, a follow up question. Did you ever, you know, you're a smart guy. Did you ever think, man, this this joke just never lands? It's not even, this, jo- for me, it's just like, oh, it's just a phrase. It's a phrase people use. Or Karen. this phrase never gets a reaction. Like, ever, right? Like, you never got like, oh, yeah, we have that. Like, you know, you say, oh, I have a Sophie's Choice of McDonald's or Jack in the Box. I'm like, man, yeah, I have that Sophie's Choice. But, like, it would never be like, oh, add on to that comment.
1: Dude, Aaron, you know, I want to tell you an an anecdote. It wasn't until junior year of college where someone finally pulled me aside and told me it's not pronounced Wednesday. It's Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, man. I was saying Wednesday for 20 years Or as long as I could speak And Yeah it, And I didn't fucking know I didn't hear myself saying it differently than anybody else I was like oh Wednesday And then <laughs> yeah, I learned junior year That's how you fucking say it, it's Wednesday And I was like oh <laughs> it would have been nice for somebody to tell me At any point in my life Leading up until this moment And I think the Sophie's Choice was the exact same scenario at the age of thirty nine. Nobody fucking told me, and so I was like, that's, "Oh,
0: that is beautiful." Okay, like, well, I hope you uh, don't feel too much guilt, and and I think with with, with that's a May Wednesday, uh, and then with 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 Juneteenth, I think it's a work in progress of how we're going to actually address the day in terms of telling people hey you know this is the day but it's definitely not happy juneteenth we know no. that
1: yeah it's not a happy juneteenth but it's a day to reflect it's a day to do service um and you know at least people for to spend at least five minutes thinking about it at the bare minimum that's it you know that's like, it. yeah bare, bare minimum a start and
0: yeah and we'll uh we'll get more into uh Guilt around the day uh, a little later on, but I, it's time to move on to uh, to topic one, which you have something here that I have just no clue where you're going. with. Oh,
1: it. yeah. So I would just like to say to go on the record and for any new listeners out there, um, uh, I would say ever. Let's see, probably for as long as I was a voting American, maybe like five, six years after I was a voting American, I have fucking hated the government. I hate the government. I've been pretty (laughs) outspoken, I hate the government. I think any new listeners last week, you hear me say, fuck the feds. I don't retract or withdraw any of those statements. However, um, my anti-government sentiments, they span, it doesn't matter who's in charge. I don't think the government's your friend, I think that they work for you, but right now, I think for as long as we can remember, they've been working for themselves and any good that happens to us is often a byproduct. Now this may be a nihilistic take it may be an overly cynical take that is unfair because there are good people in government. I voted for the dude that's in office right now, and I like him, right? And, yep. But doesn't mean I fucking like the government. Fuck the government. Well, anyway, um, according to these sentiments that I am clearly saying, and this is not to be misunderstood in any words, I am an anti-government person, and I'm clearly saying that, I might be uh, eligible to be classified as a domestic terrorist. Um, <laughs> well, the,
0: la- I mean... If if that's the callback to last week, one of my questions to you was, I guess the name terrorist was taken. So that's why you were named (laughs) Rohit.
1: Pretty much pretty, pretty much. Um, (laughs) And so this past week, um, the Biden administration unveiled a counterterrorism strategy. Uh, And what that strategy does, it has, you know, four points that sort of it's meant to uh, really expand how we tackle domestic terrorism here on our own American soil and which is obviously domestic and so what this is this is truly an expansion of the Patriot Act it removes many layers of privacy I think there's a lot of stuff that's really scary I'm also against the Patriot Act that was also that was rushed after 9-11 and that for brown people like myself the Patriot Act really fucked shit up really hard It it, it, Mm -hmm. what it did beyond the laws itself it put people at the mercy of the government and broke I think what was a sacred bond of Liberty and this new sort of, you know, I think as a response to, you know, what happened on January 6th is no different. It's an expansion on the, uh, you know, on the Patriot Act with under a different name. And we know the Patriot Act has never been rolled back. These, the, and this, these new tenets that I've just passed will never be rolled back. And one of them includes language that says that people are, you know, they can be defined as terrorists because if they are meeting certain levels of extremism and extremism that has been expanded to people that express anti-government sentiment and i think that's Hmm. that to me is fucked up it's scary and i will say it again i am anti-government and i am just putting this out there the government is not your friend they work for you and they haven't and i will be anti until they actually work for us And this to me you're anti-government
0: and you and you you're anti-government and you like our president. So you're anti-government, but there are
1: exceptions. The the institution that he works for is corrupt and it has been corrupt. And I do not support that institution. And there's no violence in me anyway. I just think I fucking hate him. I think it's okay (laughs) to say like and I would never take raise a violent hand to anybody in my entire life. You know, I'm I'm like very close to becoming vegetarian at this point. You know, we'll see. Like it's it's I would I can't harm. I don't even kill insects. I save them and rescue them, put them outside, and so there's. You only own
0: seven Glocks.
1: No, nah, just just no, nah. just just one CZ. You know, but um, <laughs> but
0: like, so what are you feeling most to most hopeless about? Because the basic concepts, if not taken to we want to get rid of extremism. Extremism has led to like we want to get rid of extremism with gun violence. We want to get rid of extremism with uh, domestic terrorism. We want to make sure that organizations that like the ones that got the Capitol riots going, along with uh, Trump inciting all of it and all that stuff that happened. We want that to not happen. So we want that to not happen. But then what? What? Where do you think this goes? Way above and beyond that. Because something had to be done to at least make sure that that there was some legislation put in place to help it so that a capital riot couldn't happen again.
1: You know, lots of worse things. Capitol riots sucked. That was bad. But many bad things have happened in our history. That was not, also not the first attack on the Capitol, even in the past decade. Right? Shit fucking happens, and it was bad. But I think I would rather protect ourselves from actions than speech than thoughts and then defining extremism is something that is so arbitrary it's like defining pornography you know there's a famous judge that says you know when they ask well how do you define pornography he says I'll know when I see it okay so now we're just defining extremism as I'll know when I see it and what if it's the wrong person that's like oh yeah that I see that extremism now I see it that is really fucking dangerous. Really, really, really dangerous. And we have anti-terrorism laws. We have this, but now we have increases in spying from our government, we have increases of them defining who is a terrorist based on even just language, not even actions, and a wider set of language that's very open to interpretation. And that's dangerous for people Hmm. that are, imagine, imagine we keep this and a really fucked up racist president comes in again with a really racist administration and they use this against our people. What happens then? Anybody that protests with this if, if, you know, if, if this, if Trump had this, all the people that were protesting, if he had this, he could have classified everyone as domestic terrorists last year just for protesting Black Lives Matter. He could have absolutely instituted that. But now that it's the good quote unquote good guys in there, we're, we're just like, oh, it's fine because there'll never be a bad guy again, right? And the Patriot Act was abused, this is going to be abused and I think it's not okay how everybody's just brushing it over I so I hear where you're coming from
0: I guess I'm going to be the optimist right now with hope and I feel that a lot of this language and a lot of these types of things that are put into place are done to just bring attention to that something is being done even though nothing's really being done and my hunch is this is one of those things. I don't think it's going to – I haven't read into it in great detail or in any detail except for listening to you. So I have to do my homework. But I just don't see it going – I don't see things – a lot of these types of legislation that are put in place just don't really do anything. They're just – they're there like almost as figurehead legislation. To show that they're doing something even though nothing's really happening. Even how you were saying how Juneteenth is a holiday. It's great that it's a holiday, but is the action really happening? The action that comes with this will be interesting because we want to get rid of extremism. We don't want to just have words be censored.
1: So I just just
0: don't think much is going to happen. I really think that this is the figurehead for what really they want to have happen, which is actions. And that'll come with time.
1: Yeah, and we'll see what those actions are. But honestly, dude, if if I qualify as a terrorist, and you know I'm well, then not, then I
0: do. Then I then I do too. We all yeah, do because yeah, we it's, we're this protesting. Is,
1: yeah, this this is fucked up. You know, I was protesting. You know, last year. Uh, you know, for Black Lives Matter. I am anti government. Which which am I? Am I a white supremacist? Because I'm not fucking white, and I hate white supremacists. Or am <laughs> I? You know, like it's so. Tell me, and, and then so I, I don't. Maybe this, this is an ongoing issue, but I think this is laws that did not need to be passed that are just meant to infringe on the liberty of Americans and otherize people and divide this country even further. And I am really uncomfortable with it. Um, Unless, yeah. one last
0: piece of hope before we move on to our big crypto watch section yeah. is, I guess, think of it like this. The pendulum shifted so far in the... In, in crazy mode direction over those last four years. QAnon, white supremacy coming out, hatred of blacks, anyone of color, Asians, Jews. I mean, the amount of hate and the amount of craziness that we all know happened, happened. Maybe this is the pendulum getting it back into some normalcy and then, you know, it'll be reformed. And it, it I just don't think it's going to do much more than it's saying we're taking a stand against the last four years, which we They needed to do something. And that's my hope for you is that this is a just doing something to show, look, we can't let we can't we're not going to sweep that under the rug.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll take partial hope in that. But then just fucking put out a press release. Don't pass laws.
0: All right. So partial hope. We're getting a gong. Yeah. Partial hope, as they say, as they say in the history books, partial hope is better than no hope.
1: (laughs) I mean, I don't know what books say they say it in, but yeah, I didn't say what percentage of hope, but we'll we'll save that for future episodes. But yeah, why don't we move on to everyone's favorite new segment, Crypto Watch? It's a cool song coming. Cool
0: song is coming, and so I have a big uh oh for you about crypto. Uh oh, uh oh, we have a big uh oh. So this was in Bloomberg. Uh, do you know who um, Michael Burry is?
1: I saw the name trending on Twitter, but I did not tap to see who the hell he is. So did you see the
0: film The Big Short? I did. I did. The character that Christian Bale plays, who's a, uh, you know, on the spectrum, he's very incredibly smart and made a fortune on it, really saw it all coming from... Christian Bale does a great job of it. That's Michael uh-huh. Burry.
1: Okay.
0: So he was one of the people who saw that the housing market... Was, and all the loans that were bunk that were being given out was all a facade and it was going to come crashing down. And Michael Burry was, I believe, a lawyer or a doctor.
1: Oh, and yeah, that the, dude was uh, awesome.
0: And then he quit. He stopped being that because he made a gazillion dollars on uh, on the housing market, on the bit short. He was one of those guys. Oh. So, uh, yeah, I think he was a doctor. So... Here's the problem, and here's where I'm feeling nervous about crypto. Is Michael Burry warns retail traders about the mother of all crashes in crypto. And he thinks or says, I'll read this, the, the first two parts to you, just because then we need hope because I'm, it makes me, you know, I'm, I just soiled my pants. It's bad. This is bad, Rohit. This is about to get worse. Michael Burry, who became a household name after his winning bet against mortgages, was featured in the Big Short, issued a series of tweets on Thursday warning individual investors about losses the size of countries in the event of crypto and meme stock declines. His quote was, All hype speculation is doing is drawing in retail before the mother of all crashes. When crypto falls from trillions or meme stocks fall from tens of billions, Main Street loses losses will approach the size of countries. History ain't changed. So. Ooh. So. So. How many times can I say so? Because I'm just nervous before you interrupt so. me and give an answer that makes me feel good. Okay, I have another part. I have another thing With, to read uh, to you. Go on. Go on. Um... He was in on GameStop at the beginning. If I put GameStop on your radar when GameStop blew up, that was the stock that blew up with the Wall Street Bros. If I put GameStop on your radar and you did well, I'm genuinely happy for you. However, what is going on now, there should be legal and regulatory repercussions. This is unnatural, insane, and dangerous.
1: Repercussions for who?
0: I don't know. I'm just telling you that this guy obviously nailed one thing right. He nailed the housing market. He crushed it. And now he is saying this about crypto. So give me hope or give or show why he's wrong and
1: Yeah. He I mean, know he may mean. not be wrong, Aaron. He absolutely and it sounds like he's a he's proven to be a smart dude for a long time, right? Now, mm-hmm. there's again, cynic Rohit's going to come out a little bit, but first scared Rohit. The first question I think both you and I ask is like, do we dump? Do we sell everything? Take the profits we've made? and cut before we face even bigger losses on the ones that we're already sort of tanking on. Okay, that's, that's, yep. that's a very normal, natural thing and way to react, right? Or is this guy sort of siding with the hedge funds or siding with the government in a way in terms of regulation because crypto has gotten too powerful and, it, and he's even calling for regulation of it. It's supposed to be the whole beauty of a cryptocurrency was a decentralized, deregulated currency. And he's calling for regulation because he feels right. powerless in his own investments. And he is trying to uh-huh. cause a scare that forces a dump. I don't know which it is, but I'm really hesitant on people that have made so much money in the market through traditional methods for yeah. their warnings. Because now we're catching up to their sophistication by us being utter and complete fucking dumb asses. And they think that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, listen, that guy Aaron, that guy Rowe, it's, you know, sure they made some money, but they could lose a lot of money because they're stupid. And if they put too much, you know, we want to protect them from themselves. And then you know what happens is these financial institutions that also go big and go risky, they get bailed out. People bail out the financial institutions. They're too big to fail. However, individuals, they take much smaller smaller risks, are penalized for that. And we don't get bailouts. So I think he is siding with the big institutions. And I'm going to hold I'm going to H-O-D-L HODL and hold on for dear life. And, you know, and maybe this this causes a bump. Maybe it causes a plummet. There probably is going to be darkness before the sun rises again. Um, But yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Although, that's a lot of money I could probably not lose by pulling out. But I think I'm going to stay strong. And I don't know if that brings you any hope. Um,
0: I'm going to let it bring me hope because otherwise, what do I have? But... This LaCroix that I'm drinking. So (laughs) I'm going to keep that hope alive. And I also, I do believe that sometimes people who go against the system, like he did with The Big Short, can become part of the system. And he made a fortune going against the system. But then once he has hundreds of millions of dollars, if not more, does he... Has he now become part of the system in wanting to make sure that all of his investments in stocks and bonds and so on and so forth are safe and that there's not some other thing that comes out post-COVID and the, the crypto really becomes the currency or one of the currencies? So I'm going to I'm going to hope Gong that. And everyone, keep spending like no other on crypto. It's not our recommendation.
1: (laughs) First of all, we're not telling you to buy anything. We're not telling you to spend. But what Aaron is saying is just go with your gut.
0: (laughs) Yeah, go with your gut. And your gut probably should be to buy a lot more. Yes. Yeah. That's. (laughs) And just in case your gut is wrong, I'm going to throw this in. A gut punch.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we're in uncharted waters right now. We really are. I mean, what was the last like, you know, it's you know, we've moved on from the gold standard. We've gone from the silver standard to the gold standard to the oil standard. And now we're we're moving into the crypto standard, uh, which is not based on any actual sort of physical thing um, or any commodity. But uh, what is a commodity besides how we decide to classify it? And so yeah, well, um, why is
0: the dollar bill a commodity? The dollar bill is just a piece of paper, paper, paper. y'all. Yeah, I mean,
1: dollar bill reflects a commodity. Um, but yeah, fuck. Okay. Well, I'm gonna hold strong, but I'm gonna not buy much more. You know, so. <laughs>
0: no. Yeah. So that's that's the uh oh of the week in crypto. But we're gonna move now from crypto. Too. And please submit any questions you have for us on crypto. And we'll happily, happily give you our unexpertise opinion of what you're trying to do. I love giving opinions that you might like that don't mean anything. So speaking of that, sports time. Sports, sports, sports. It's sports. the sports update. So, the crowd big, wild. Yeah. The crowd did go wild because this week... I went to Dodger reopening day and Rohit. Can I just tell you how amazing it was? Dude, I watched your stories. Tell us about it. Weren't they wild? Like, oh, I was Uh, getting into the stories. It was like the playoffs. It was like the playoffs. It was everyone was just like letting out this exuberant amount of energy that we have been holding into our souls for two years is we haven't been able to go to any games. We haven't been able, I mean, any, when you go to games, you know, you were put in little jail boxes for a while. It was fun, but it was like, whoa, walked in and thinking, oh, so I'm going to have to still wear a mask. And they're like, no, you don't have to wear a mask. Okay. We don't have to wear a mask. Whoa. There's a lot of people like a lot of people, like the most people that have been at a sporting event in the U S since COVID 52,000, something, something, whatever it is that the stadium holds. And, then, so it took a while for everyone to get in because they have not they have not fully staffed enough yet, so that the there were enough parking attendants to so the, a lot of people that I was with didn't get there till the third inning because they were in traffic for over an hour just on Sunset to get in. So that felt normal. And then, you know, it's good to have traffic back in LA. Now we have to plan accordingly, and they have to restaff. Also, Dodger Stadium, all the cool new things that they. Added or open like these sandboxes these big TV watch areas with big screens in the outfield there's a bar in center field where you can get a drink and watch from center field like above I mean there were just there were and I didn't explore all of it but there were just so many cool things Steve Yeager at old Dodger from the 70s and 80s was just hanging out and I got his autograph like he was just chilling in the outfield like it was so cool and then he g- gave me a handshake I-, I went up to him like fist bump and he's like I'll oh, just come here I was like, "This is awesome!" And then the game starts, and we had a fight in the outfield. Like people started throwing punches. I, that was I awesome. saw.
1: I saw that. So was it like obviously the Angels fans that were you know three people out of you know in an area of two thousand fans in that one section? They obviously started it. I'm sure, right?
0: Obviously, and also the yeah. Angels weren't playing. It was the Phillies. The Phillies.
1: I saw red. I saw red.
0: No, no, it oh. was but. So there were two fights. There was one. The Angels fans didn't get into really a fight. It's just security escorted them out. Okay. There was another group of fans that I think involved a Phillies fan where what I from what I could tell there was some pushing and shoving and then a pile happened. One of those in the stands piles yeah. where people just start piling yeah. on each other and then they security fall over the came front in.
1: the chairs in front of them and then the things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, as long as you guys fought Philly people, I'm so happy and get, really great to hear that.
0: So it's beautiful. And then, yeah. right? Thank you. I'm glad. I mean, it's always good to uh, to get rid of the, uh, the, the extra baggage that we don't need, those Philly yeah. fans. And then a full wave happened. And that was really cool. Like, <laughs> like so many people doing the wave. It was just like, yes, this is awesome. And then. How many times did it go the, around? Like. There were like seven waves. It just like the wave <laughs> happened a lot of times. People were really psyched for the wave. And then the Dodgers were like up and down. It was 3-3. And then new Dodger, Mookie Betts, who's had an up and down season so far, hits the winning home run in the seventh or eighth inning over yeah. center field. And the place was Absolutely moving. It was like shaking. It was moving because he hit that home run, and it was like, it was almost like it felt like LA like let out a deep breath. Like fifty thousand of our best friends, we let out a deep breath of like, ah, oh,
1: we can just cheer. Cloud and and of happy COVID again. exhaled from over the stadium. Oh yeah, just, I'm
0: sure. Yeah. I'm sure in a couple of weeks they'll say it was a super spreader event, and then it'll all get <laughs> shut down again. Worth but it. it but at least we were there for it and it was just so cool. I think I covered the basic gist of it. And then, so can I move on to the other things? This is a big sports week for me. Yeah, this is like, yeah, it doesn't get any bigger. I was bigger. really
1: happy to see it. Cause you were the biggest Dodger fan I've ever met in my entire life. And for you to be back there on the day that LA opened up and the day the Dodger stadium brought everybody in, I, I was very happy for you. Uh, but anyway, once you move man. on
0: and uh, I hope I covered in my Instagram stories, uh, at least some of the excitement.
1: I'm sure it was uncapturable the true love. Uncapturable,
0: but just some of it. Yeah. And then the second thing Rohit. So this is where guilt comes into play cuz I'm going to bring back guilt. I feel a lot of guilt right now. About what? So the the this is important and it's it goes deep. It goes to the core of who I am. Uh the Clippers. They Did something amazing and won And now they have a chance tonight To go to the Western Conference Finals Which is something they've never done I've been a Clipper fan my whole life never Mm -hmm. This this opportunity happened once before last year And the Clippers blew it Uh, Anyway, it's happening tonight I feel a massive amount of post-COVID guilt Because a nice group of our friends Are all getting together for Juneteenth dinner at a black-owned restaurant, and I had this very perplexing decision to make because I was also invited to go to the game tonight where the Clippers can clinch at home to go to the Western Conference Finals, which for the Clippers to do that, that's winning the NBA championship. That is the World Series. Like, everything beyond that is just gravy, and I don't even care. I mean, I do care, but I don't, it's like, Oh, we've never done that before, ever. The Buffalo Braves, the San Diego Clippers, and the LA Clippers—all three different Clippers—have never done that. And so I was invite I was asked to go to this game tonight. Also, pretty good seats. And but I feel terrible guilt because I also want to be with my friends. Y- you know, you, other friends. Um, but we we never mentioned Brad, but. Uh, other friends uh, so I didn't know what to do help me with the guilt
1: okay okay one guilt is missing like oh you're like dude we go to so many dinners all the time we all just we see each other like once or twice a month easily and you're like this is yeah. another dinner but how often are the Clippers about to clinch the W's Western Conference Finals I'm gonna say I totally see your dilemma there like big time on the other hand, <coughs> what if you go there and they lose and it's your fault? And uh, um, I know uh, Ina; she has now decided to become a huge Clippers fan. Like really, out of like that, she asked oh. me to bring my guy, my iPad. Okay, really, so she could watch the game from dinner. Yeah, I was like, no, I'm not bringing the damn iPad. We're with our friends. He's like, well, I'll watch. You don't have to sit near me. I'm like, okay, fine. I won't. Um, I mean, it was really, it was much more fun than that. But, uh, they, but also Ugh, this, this they, makes this,
0: this makes this decision even harder because she would have been there with me just watching the game, paying no attention to anyone.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, so if you do decide to join us, the game will be on iPad and you guys can sit next to each other and watch it. Um if you do decide to go to the game, honestly, I totally fucking get it. I get it. Um, it's I don't know if I could not go to the game myself, and I know so, that, uh,
0: That's my question. What would you do if it was, uh, let's say, I don't know, let what are you, let's name the Orioles. If it was uh, you're you're in Baltimore and it's like you're seeing a bunch of friends. And you have a like thing planned or you can go see the Orioles clinch to go to the uh, to the ALCS.
1: Let me tell you an anecdote. Um, we were in, in Austin like five or so years ago. I was I went there every year for South by Southwest for you know, a decade. And. Um, in we're at we're at Stubbs Barbecue and in walks Cory Booker. And he's oh, with wow. his chief of staff. So I'm like, yo, New Jersey, whatever. So I'm talking to Corey. We're just like sitting around um, and they got the bar. I'm waiting for my table. He's waiting for his. And uh, so anyway, we're, we're chatting and he's like, hey, I'm going to dinner. Would you like to join me at dinner? We can, you know, I'd love to get to know you, blah, blah, blah. We can talk and, you know, you know, whatever. Let's be friends. You know, he didn't say let's be friends. But he's like, oh, let's, let's, you know, here's a dude that's from Jersey hanging out in Austin. He invited me to sit at his dinner table. Right. And it was just, it was just me, him and his chief of staff. This I is said,
0: former presidential candidate and senator Cory yes, Booker. This is this correct. guy is and not a small. Before he was guy. either
1: of those. No, um, and I'm a fan of him. Definitely a big fan of Cory. Oh, yeah, this is before
0: he. This is when he was the mayor. Uh
1: huh. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he wasn't so, as
0: he wasn't as famous. I'm guessing was, he's not yeah, inviting is, strangers to dinner now.
1: Yeah, this is I think right before the the Hillary primary, maybe, um, or maybe after okay. that. But whatever it is, before he became a formal official presidential candidate. Um, but I've been, you know. Thanks to my brother, I've been following the dude's career for a long time. My brother's also a big Cory Booker fan. Um, so is so
0: I. I think he's great. Yeah,
1: Love him. And I said no, I can't, because I'm here with some friends that I haven't seen in a while, and I'm gonna have dinner with them. And oh wow, I was he's like, oh you sure? I'm like, yeah, dude. Um, so he was like, okay. So chief staff gave me his, you know, his personal business card. If you ever need anything or whatever, just let me know. Um, and so yeah, I had dinner with my friends, and we had a great night. So I think I don't know how applicable this is but i think in a way hmm. i i but i hadn't seen those friends in a long time so that's kind of different you know it's it's oh. right
0: i haven't seen these friends in two weeks
1: so I, I so i chose like one of the few politicians i like i chose to not have dinner with them a spontaneous dinner to hang with my friends and even after dinner my friends were like you were an idiot we could have just had yeah. like dessert after. I was like, "Oh, you guys should have said something earlier." <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not making well then, the decision any. Yeah, I'm not making it any easier. Part can I double down on what what you did then?
0: Sure. Looking back, I'm guessing you don't remember your friend's dinner that much. Do you regret not having uh, dinner with Cory Booker?
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Decision decision becomes easier, but I will leave this as a cliffhanger for what happens.
1: Yeah, yeah, because listen, Brad has – he put a deposit on his table, and I think he loses money. I'm sure you could just, you know, fork that over or whatever. Um, but I understand. Um, but you did. I know this is – I am not recommending one way or another because I think this decision needs to be yours, Aaron. Um, I could only <laughs> just share my own personal regrets, but also my own personal, you know – loyalty to my friends. I just kidding. Wow. Now I, okay, the guilt guilt is guilt is an extreme. Uh, well, you yeah, know what? Yeah.
0: Since since right now you're making me feel terrible about myself, we're gonna, Let's go right into the debate because <laughs> I just think while we're while we're at each other's throats, like make, you're making me feel terrible about myself. I want to crush you in a debate. I want to absolutely destroy you in a debate. So, let's talk. So, there is a massive groundswell of people who do not want uh, masks on planes anymore. Why do you have to have masks on planes when masks are no longer a part of life? Like, you know, you don't have to wear a mask in things anymore. Last night, yesterday, I went to the market. No mask. It was crazy. And so my question to you is what do you feel about
1: masks on planes? So I think I would have had a different answer about five days ago. Okay. Five days ago, I'd have been like, yo, we need to get a vaccination to even get on the plane. We got to show the vax card. I think, I think, um, I don't know if that's true or not, but I hope it is. But let's just say that's true. You need to be vaccinated to get on a flight. Then that means everybody's vaccinated and we're cool, right? Fuck the mask. Cause that's very uncomfortable for, especially like if you're flying in international, imagine that. Now, after Chris Paul, point guard for the Phoenix Suns, he contracted COVID and he had some definitely had some symptoms and he was like he's out. We're not sure how long he's going to be out. Maybe like just a few games or just three days. Who knows? But he was already vaccinated and he contracted COVID. When you know that's possible, but when you actually see it tangibly with someone that is familiar to you, whether personally or you know in a celebrity manner, you're like, oh shit. Here's the stance I take now. It fucking sucks. And I think uh, I think if that's the rules of the, of the planes, man, just stick to it, man. You're you're their guest on that flight, um, and I'm not going to enjoy it because I'm flying, you know, on a very long flight to Europe in a in a month. So, yeah. What do you well, think, Aaron? I disagree on two on two levels.
0: First, the Chris Paul level. Do we know if he got vaccinated or not? Of course, he's going to say it. But this is the first person I know who's, you know, had this situation, period, with Mm -hmm. the vax. Like, they say you can get COVID, but to actually get sick from it and stuff, this is the first person. But Mm -hmm. if it were to come out that Chris Paul did not get vaxxed and so on and so forth, and this guy is a brand ambassador to one of the things because he's always on TV with some commercial. Oh, I forget what it is. It would destroy his brand to say like he isn't vaxxed and he's playing and it would be very bad look. So I'm throwing out Chris Paul as an example personally. Okay. I think that's not the that is not what we need to look at. That is not who we're going to look at for this. Because I know a zillion people who are uh, vaxxed and nobody has contracted any form of COVID where there's symptoms, as as do you. Second, I believe if you can show you, there should be one of two things. If you can show you have a vax card and you're vaxed, you should be able to go on the plane without a mask. If you can't do that, you should have to wear a mask. And to me, that's simple. The only other thing to to do is you allow like Six seats at the back of a plane for people who aren't vaxed, and then you put a partition like a one of those things we're used to now with the with plexiglass, and then the rest of the plane does shows they're vaxed and they don't need to wear a mask. One of two, one of those scenarios, I think, is totally fine and should be happening. At this point,
1: okay. So, like, like a smoking room, vaccin- like, a, like the old days when we were kids, like the smoking sections, restaurant smoking and non-smoking. And for, yeah, you, was- for you, for uh, you, young Gen Z people out there, that was a real thing. Um, you know yep. I actually One of my best eBay finds Probably the best eBay find in my life It arrived a few weeks ago I got an ashtray Like an amber glass Ashtray from McDonald's um, With the McDonald's Arches on it um, And that was from The you know sure. I think late 70's This specific one But yeah There was smoking In fast food restaurants Smoking in every restaurant You just had a different Section for it um, About your Chris Paul point I'm actually According to uh, DraftKings Nation But also according To John Gumbadaro Team writer for Ar- from Arizona Sports Is that Chris Paul has documented he got the Pfizer vaccine back in February, so he's that's from the team. He's got the proof, and so he did contract it again. And that also because he has a positive has a proof of it, it means he won't have to stay in the health protocols for the full amount of time, and he might not even need to isolate for long because he's been vaccinated. So these are the the, the health officials and everybody that's saying that. So it's,
0: I still call bullshit.
1: Looks like yeah. So it looks like at least it doesn't hit you as hard, but. It or if going what if he got sick?
0: What if he got he tested positive for covid somehow because you still can test positive for covid after the vax and he got a different sickness. You could have two six at once, like the covid, which isn't the sick. And then he got like a real sick. A I mean, different that could sick.
1: be. That could be. But I think the takeaway is overall. I mean, are so you feel that there should be a non mask and a mask section in the plane. Um. Yep. Or you should just okay.
0: if or if you are not vaxed, you don't have the vax card. You have to you have to wear a mask.
1: Yeah, or you sit in the luggage compartment. Um, yeah,
0: or just don't fly if you haven't been vaxed. Don't fly because you're not. You just are stupid.
1: Yeah, I agree. Shit. Again, we're I think we're on the same side of the debate again.
0: Okay, so you agree with the sectioning off of planes?
1: I think no. Actually, I don't think sectioning can work. I think you can fucking wear a mask. I think it's fucking wear it it's it's if the airline wants you to even though you have a vax card I think you wear it you're I don't you're, think you should you gotta follow-
0: I don't want to wear my mask on a plane I'm going on a plane next Thursday and I don't want to wear my mask for five Neither hours on my Neither plane when I'm not the danger I'm not the person who's I got vax in February I am not the problem here I am the solution I am the solution throughout COVID what have we been doing on this show? We have been the solutions. We have been providing the <laughs> hope.
1: We, we are true. the ones
0: helping society. We aren't the ones causing the problems. We aren't the ones on the plane giving people COVID. We're the
1: ones solving COVID.
0: We're the ones helping so then, society.
1: Are they? Because I haven't flown in a while since the vaccines came out. I haven't flown. Last time I flew was in November. Um, so pre-vaccine. Are they checking vax cards to get no. on the flight? No. Okay, then that means there's people that are going to be non-vaccinated. That Anyway. Yeah, that are just going to be like hawking air all around. I got Ooh. yelled
0: at. I got yelled at on a flight I was on during COVID because I fell. And my mask came down below my nose because I fell, tripped over my bag and fell in an aisle, which is embarrassing enough. And then this dude yelled at me. And then he, he went all racist and yelled at an African-American guy who wasn't doing anything, but he just started yelling at him too. So anyway, the, yeah, it was a double shot. him. F- yeah. I mean, that would have been cool, but like <laughs> that, I don't. And again, I do not promote shooting people in this show. It just was a reaction to a row. It said, and me living that moment. <laughs> so the fact is people are nuts. We're here to solve problems and that's all we've been doing. That's why we're the show. And so I think I have the new solution. As we move okay, on you to know, our, I'm actually going to yield to you. I,
1: I, I, will take, I will take a split section. Vaxes versus anti I think, I think I'll give that to one to you there. I'll let you win well, that ben, debate
0: because I think you're right. Thank you. And I have one other solution, and this is just a final solution, is if you can show proof that you are one of the hosts of The Hopeless Show, you don't have to wear a mask.
1: And you get free drinks.
0: Yes. All right, we just came up with lo- yeah. I'm hope. All right, we just came to a big conclusion. This gets not just a hope gong. It also gets because the hills are alive. The morning is great. Things are beautiful. It is a new day, a new era. It gets a morning rooster. All right. So speaking of morning roosters and all that guilt that we were just feeling, topic two, I feel very guilty again, Rohit. And I feel that this Uh is a mystery that I don't know if we're going to be able to uncover. But help me. It'll take me very quick time to tell you the problem this is a massive problem there was a big study done by one of those groups that does the big studies and by a college that does the groups with the big studies right you know, they're always it's like the harvard study of something i don't know which one this is half of americans say COVID 19 has been so stressful they worry they'll never fully be able to de-stress even after it's all over they uh another 15 that's what it says Twenty-five percent would go so far as, as escaping to a cabin in the woods by themselves in order to get away from the daily stresses of life. Another fifteen percent would need to be even more remote, choosing a deserted island. So, and then in fact, thirty-five percent of respondents think a trip to a luxury resort d- would do the trick. the The thing, is, the bottom line is, which makes me feel hopeless for society. And I felt this a little too. It's like it's 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 weird to get back and figure out how to balance all right, life, work, family, and having fun again. And so my question to you is, what do we do? Because people are feeling this is, this is a topic, a hopeless topic, about everyone being feeling very hopeless about life. And you can't have half of our society feeling like a ball of stress and miserable. Like, that, that won't be good.
1: <sighs> okay. Well, the old Rohit would have said, Yo, everyone stop being so soft, right? Yeah. The new new row hit will say, hey, stop being so soft, but (laughs) like talk to somebody about it or something. Like, I mean, like, what the fuck? I mean, this is something that I'm having trouble myself getting grasping around. We just, and yes, there were people that died. Half a million Americans died. Um, And... That was it. Was pretty bad. Way more than any standard flu. And anybody that says this is no different than the than the annual flu is a goddamn liar. Um, So, yeah. Imagine if we weren't in
0: lockdown. Imagine if we weren't in lockdown and we were just out and about doing this. One more flus and two more covids.
1: Look what's happening in India and Brazil, man! It's just insane, you know. So, it's this is a real pandemic, a true for real pandemic. However, medicine works. Right. And we're, it's getting better each, you know, every day. But once you're getting back into the real world, that is how you de stress. The stress came from the quarantine for these people. The stress came from the fear of this virus. You take those things away. You take away the quarantine, you take the virus. And I think, honestly, I'd venture to say, I don't know how high the percentage is. I bet you a bunch of the people saying, Oh, I'm never going to recover from the pandemic stress are people that just really just want to stay working at home and want to be at home. And just be like, oh, it's too much stress. I'm too scared to go back. No, you just like to be in your house. Um, and they're using it as an excuse. I, pe- I think people are going to be using fear of pandemic as an excuse for a lot of things. Right? An excuse for behavior. An excuse for not reintegrating themselves back into society. Um, you know, <laughs> getting around work that needs to be done. And I am sounding like an asshole now because maybe I am. But fucking toughen maybe. up, people. Toughen well, the fuck I- up. I-
0: could I? I mean, you're bringing you know lots of uh, of not hope in into this bit of hope, but <laughs> but there but there is something you said that I think is important that we just briefly touch on. Is if you are feeling, and now I feel like we're the Doctor Drew like self help podcast, but if you are feeling distressed, st- depressed, anxiety, sad, just know, it is not anything to be ashamed of if you want to go see a professional whose job it is to help you feel better I think Rohit and I can both say that in our lives we have gone to a therapist at a, at a point yeah. in our lives when we needed it yep. and it is n- there is no shame in it and then on top of it just one other piece in this PSA for people getting better part of our new sh- our show now is that your insurance company Whatever your insurance is, whether you have Obamacare or whether you have a, another one like Blue Shields or any of those any of them, they all offer uh, therapists where you can go see a therapist for like twenty five bucks, and you can it's under your coverage and everything. So I think that the other beads of hope that you brought up in between your asshole rants, you did bring this up, so I give you that, (laughs) is is that uh, it's okay to go get a little help to get over it because you probably will. You'll probably feel better. You talk to someone once, twice, ten times, whatever it takes, and then you'll be ready to go out and about in the world again. The end. I love it. Hope Uh, gong. Gong? Gong. Well... We uh we're just about done with the show. We just have a few more a few more things. I have to bring up Rohit the uh, our favorite band ever, BTS, the K-pop band, the biggest thing to hit the world since the Beatles. I don't know if that's true, but it feels true in terms of just sweeping the world and being popular everywhere. BTS, we just don't know their music, but we love them. Do you know there was a big problem with something that happened to them this last week? Did you hear about this?
1: No. So I'm such a huge fan, but tell me.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm surprised you missed this when you're one of the leaders. Aren't you the head of BTS and Beards?
1: It's, it's I was recently demoted, and that's for another episode. It was very, okay. really fucking painful. It was sad. <laughs> well, yeah. there is Hullabaloo.
0: Hullabaloo is what the Wall Street Journal said. Because South Korea has a tattoo prohibition, which I didn't know. Oh, and wow. so BTS, a few members, uh, I guess one of them is Kook, who is one of the, the more popular ones. I think he might be the lead singer, I believe. Uh, he on local television show had to cover up his finger tattoos with bandages. And a lawmaker out there was saying that that shouldn't be allowed, that he should be able to be who he is and and show his tattoos. So I just felt bad for our favorite band ever because I thought, man, they're just, they're so popular. They're bringing so much attention to South Korean music and culture and they have to cover up their tattoos. Like it just seems totally whacked out. And I just want to do say my that i I support BTS being who they want to be
1: you know it's funny it's funny you say that. that's really crazy actually I it, it reminds me of like my freshman year of high school and I remember Allen Iverson was just breaking into the NBA and there was a whole lot of controversy because when he was on magazine covers and all that they were airbrushing his tattoos off oh they were because they felt it was yeah really inappropriate for a role model to have tattoos which the they city. made a
0: mistake right away there by calling Allen Iverson oh, yeah. a role model like that immediately oh, was yeah. wrong.
1: We talking about practice, um, yeah. and and it's funny because I think it had an adverse effect. He kicked off the tattooed revolution in the NBA. That oh, yeah. dude, I mean, Allen Iverson was probably the best, the best trendsetter for style that we have seen since Wall Clyde Fraser, right. Like yep. nobody has created that impact, and Alan Iverson is a greater impact. You know, Walt Clyde Razor had like you know like the 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 old like the the pimp aesthetic, but like Allen or Iverson, Will Chamberlain,
0: like, Will Chamberlain if for the uh, just gratuitous sex in the NBA, he was the leader of that yeah. movement.
1: That was a big movement, but in terms of fashion, yeah, you got Walt Clyde, and then you got. Allen Iverson right and then eventually you had all like the backpack squad like the Durants and the Westbrooks and all those guys that just dressed up like god knows what Um, (laughs) but uh, in the end now it's really rare if you see an NBA player that's not covered in full sleeves it's in like it's it's a rarity it's like oh that guy doesn't have tattoos all over his body and his neck and his ears there's
0: some like my man Patrick Beverly I mean there's some
1: yeah, it's a rarity, but you know, there there are a couple and you've got like, you know, these 19 year old rookies come into the league and by the time they play their first game, they are like covered. Right. And so I think this is going to have an adverse effect because it's like the Streisand effect, you know. Where, where you want to hide something, and the more you hide it, the more people want it and seek it and desire it. Like when Beyonce tried to like, you know, I think Reddit and the whole internet started sharing that one picture when she was performing at the Super Bowl, where she's got the weird face like, oh. I don't know if you've seen that one. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and they tried to get it off the internet, which just means the internet made sure it was never erased, and it became immortalized. She created her own problem, and I think maybe the hope we can get out of this is, maybe this is the beginning of the tattooed revolution for our friends in South Korea.
0: In South Korea, because right now, if you don't have a medical license to get a tattoo in South Korea, you can be fined $950 just on the street, which is just That's crazy. That's crazy.
1: I would well, have never thought that.
0: Well, we stand by our BTS. We stand by everyone who just is being themselves. Why do we have to monitor who you are? Just be who you are as long as you can bring some hope and positivity to the world. There's no guilt in that. There's no guilt in having a in having tattoos and yeah. So, speaking of guilt, let's go right into. Hope in
1: 60 seconds.
0: Zim, Zom, Zoom. Here is where we give you hope in 60 seconds with topics that are so quick, so intense, so perverted, so disgusting, so hopeless. And yet, we are going to find hope for you in 60 seconds. Row it. I think you're up first, or I'm up first, with your topics. So, why don't you yep. go?
1: And so, and since we didn't do this last week for new members, you know, new listeners, uh, you know, Aaron will probably take about thirty seconds to explain. I'll take about thirty seconds to answer it. So it adds up to sixty. And here we go. While he's doing
0: that, I'll just tell you—he just said members and listeners. We do, we are about to start a, a OnlyFans site, so there will be a members aspect to this show. We just haven't got it all set up yet, but. You you won't believe what Rohit and I do that you will feel hopeless about on our OnlyFans site.
1: Yeah, it, it just just keep it, it just just visualize pretzels, um, <laughs> big hot pretzels. Anyway, and here we go.
0: Rohit, do you know that right now we are in the end of COVID, which you would think, oh great, everything's good. We are also in what they are thinking in the United States is the worst drought in twelve. Hundred years think about that 1200 years 1200 years ago like dinosaurs were roaming the u.s 1200 years bring us hope that all these problems that we forgot about because of covid and now we're back worse than ever are gonna there's some hope
1: okay that's really scary i had no idea we were in a drought like that bad i know that death valley itself was uh very close to setting it the all-time record that's ever been recorded because it hit uh 126 degrees there this past week um and death valley is the hottest place on earth and i think the hope i can bring is that climate change is going to rise the tides and flood us all out which will then solve the the drought problems um the country is only gonna be half the size but they're gonna have water
0: and uh, (laughs) and also wouldn't that help uh help crypto make be more valuable because like a lot of things will just go away. So then this decentralized crypto market will be worth more money. And then if we survive this drought and this and climate change, then we'll just be that much richer with Lambos that just don't have as far to drive before ocean.
1: Yes. Give me, give me floating Lambo any day. I think that's <laughs> another good one. Um, okay. And now it is my turn. And so here we go. So Charlie Kirk, Founder of Turning Point USA. Ugh. 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 Yeah, I think we say collective. He tweeted today, "Uh, Lincoln knew America's founding was July 4th, 1776. He knew that was the day our amazing nation made a step from ideal to reality. Juneteenth is an affront to the unity of July 4th. We now have two summer holidays, and one of them is based on race. Shame on the GOP for supporting this. Oh, my God. Aaron, help.
0: Wait. So he said Lincoln?
1: Yeah, he he just he invokes Lincoln saying, "Oh, we already have a holiday. Um he knew that we had 4th of July already. We don't need a holiday talking about the Emancipation Proclamation." And this is crazy. We already have we already have a one summer holiday. Why do we need a second? What the fuck, Aaron? Well,
0: Charlie Kirk is one of the worst people ever. And a guest on our show. Anyway, I won't get into that, but he is one of the worst people ever. And I think that he should be banned from everything. And he's the one, all these people who are having all their stress, they should show him where the Island is for one person. And that's where he should move. I want this guy gone from the world. This guy just needs to go. And you never know. I mean, sometimes people uh, inexplicably just croak.
1: Dude, that, yeah. And I don't know if he will, because he's young and seemingly healthy. But he's got a really he's, tiny face. Um or at least the internet the makes worst. his face really tiny, which is what I love. Oh it's this I, is hate and it's like I really think hate. he needs to, he um, is this is this is the type of
0: person that needs to just like go away forever. Or or hopefully, yeah. this is maybe a bit of hope, hopefully some people who disagree with him, like a lot of people, and a lot of people who are a lot bigger than him, who could kick his ass, <laughs> see him on the street, and do what they need to do.
1: Yeah. And this is again this is the reason that I love lack of censorship or I, I, I because this guy now has immortalized himself and we will forever tie this type of language to him. It's no erasing it from the Internet. He. Yeah. So fuck this guy. Fuck Charlie. He might, Kirk.
0: He might walk himself into a few fists coming up in the next. Little yeah. Bit.
1: Yeah. That's the thing, man. He's it, just let him say it. And the, the rest takes care of himself of itself. All right. And the last. Oh, no. Sorry. The second to last. This one is yours, and let's go.
0: Car prices. They're at an all-time high. Car prices are through the roof because during COVID, there wasn't enough cars being able to be manufactured, and now everyone wants a car, and you can't get one, used or new. The prices are way above asking price, which has led to the unfortunate thing of the most cars being stolen in the country ever. Help, because I don't want my car stolen. I don't think anyone wants their car stolen, and... That's scary that there's just people going around stealing even more cars than ever.
1: Help. That is really terrifying. Oh my I didn't even know that. Um I think for me at least, you know, both my cars are stick shift, so hopefully that reduces the odds of it being stolen. But for you, you have a very desirable, very economical car in your Prius. It's it's a car that is definitely stealable. Um is your insurance up to date? And maybe They'll cover an entire brand new one in case it gets stolen. I don't know how insurance works. Okay, you just gave
0: me you just gave me hope. Should I do like Jussie Smollett did terribly with the uh, fake like racist moment? Should I do a fake car stealing of my own car and steal my own car and then report it stolen to then yeah. report to insurance and then get that money and then get like a dope new car?
1: Yeah, hire two Nigerian dudes to steal your car and then narc on them. And then <laughs> something on them. Yes, I think that is what you should do. So that that um, gets yeah, you hope on. Yeah, How, we uh, for all you listeners out there, this is not formal legal advice. <laughs> um,
0: no, uh, we're yeah. just we're just coming up with hopeful solutions on the spot. So with that, Rohit, you have one more hope in sixty yes. before we wrap up the show. And,
1: Exactly, and so this Hope in 60 is about LinkedIn. Now, there's a Swedish professor that did his dissertation on, on studies in China, and, he had, and LinkedIn forced him to remove any mention of him actually doing an essay on Tiananmen Square, on the Tiananmen Square massacre, because LinkedIn says that they have expanded to China and it's important for them to maintain the business relations there. They are now censoring people that are mentioning Tiananmen Square as a massacre as ever happening or even putting it into print on LinkedIn. Holy crap, Aaron, help.
0: I went on to LinkedIn for the first time in about two and a half years, at least, yesterday. That site is so damn confusing and stupid, and I don't like it at all. So what I say is, boycott LinkedIn. That's ridiculous that he can't do that. Yeah. And I didn't like it when I went on it yesterday. I was like, this is just confusing. Like, I, all the messages you get, and it's just people... It, I this That site is just... It's like trying to be like Facebook meets resume meets Instagram meets a little TikTok now. It's just... Boycott LinkedIn. Hope.
1: Okay, I'll 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 buy that. I'll take it. And you know, I'm not looking for a job, so I'm good. I don't need to be on there. Um, and just you know, so we're all clear. Um, the Tiananmen Square massacre happened, and fuck the Chinese Communist Party. But anyway, I just want to add that. Hope and, gone.
0: Um, <laughs> and so finally, we wrap up the show with our with our fan mail, which is we as we promised the, the strangest strange fan mail that I'm curious your thoughts. wrote it this was the mail. ready for it I'm ready this is Clara I actually don't remember where she wrote from but Clara wrote when a woman laughs during an argument please know that the psycho ar- the psycho part of her brain has been activated abort mission that was the so well, Clara,
1: that I think I'm having like flashbacks from Nam um, because <laughs> I can see this happening like I see this played out in actual like arguments that I've had um, with women and, you know, in my life in the past, it's, I think I've, I'd managed to compartmentalize this away and you've (laughs) awoken or unearthed some trauma. Um, I think this is really wise, even though this is not necessarily a question, it's a submission. And I think the submission brings us all hope. It brings us a reminder is because when you're arguing with a woman and she goes all Joker, then, you know, it's it's done. There's nothing. And just, you no, know, accept run. defeat at that point. Run. Don't do like me and make it worse. <laughs> um, and Clara, you are very wise. Um, us men in general are generally not very wise. No. Um, we're so, we're we so dumb. Wrong fight. We're, we're so fucking stupid. And we take the bait so easily. We're, we're so are easily idiotic. baited. Oh, we're so dumb. You guys oh. know how to fight so much better than us. Yeah. Thank you for that warning, and maybe this will serve us and help us in the future, and any of the other listeners out there that might be in the, finding themselves in the situation. Thank you, Clara.
0: Thank you, Clara. And finally, hope fulfilled. There's a beautiful one because now it's <laughs>
1: horrible. Uh,
0: yeah, it was. Uh, Rohit. Well, we were talking about therapy. Luckily, Roy, you know your deductible will only be twenty five bucks to go to therapy from that hopeful from that submission. Yeah. So you're fine. Yep. So. The final hope fulfilled. We have shit on Florida. Shat on Florida? We have shat on Florida mm-hmm. so many times on this show for many reasons because of many things. I love Disney World, but man, Florida has a lot of issues. There's good news coming out of Florida that we can we can feel hopeful about to end our show with, and I, I think you're going to be very happy. Rowett, as Matt Gates' investigation is ramped up, Feds mount sweeping probe into into Central Florida political scene.
1: Yes. Drain the bayou. Yep. Drain it. Drain the oh, bayou. Fucking how, fantastic.
0: How great is that? So not only has Matt Gates is he screwed and hopefully going to jail for a long time, but because of that, the feds who you usually hate are doing something good and they are going into Florida to drain that bayou.
1: I will. That is such wonderful hope fulfilled. You know, it's, it's, I want that swamp drained everywhere. And let's start with the people that are like literally having sex with children. Yes. I think it's a good start. It's a fucking good start. Elected officials that are doing that shit. So, with um, that, that's great. That's, that's with, great. That's great news to end this show on. With that,
0: thank you for listening. I, this is episode 51 of our. Decades worth of shows for to celebrate the 50th anniversary of shows uh, of 50 shows. So we're at 51 now. We have eight more celebrations. I am Aaron Wolf, the Aaron Wolf on social media. The Hopeless Show is on social media at Hopeless Show on social media.
1: And you are. I'm Rohit. So actually, Vohit for Rohit. (laughs) Rohit is my name. Vohit for Rohit with the number four on all social properties and platforms and such. Um, Yeah. And you can find us there. Uh, Also follow The Hopeless Show on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, thanks for giving us a follow and tell your friends to listen. And until then, stay hopeful.
0: Stay hopeful. And also, quickly, if you enjoyed this, rank our show, right? Like, go and give it stars. Give it five stars. Yeah. Please, please rate us. Rate us.
1: (laughs) Please, sir. More stars. Please rate us. (laughs) Stars we want more of. Stars more, please. We are so hungry for ratings. Um, but yes, <laughs> thanks right. to all the listeners out there. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. When the world
0: seems golden and bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, the glimmer of hope, a light shines through the door. It's a hopeless show. With every and Rohit,
1: It's a hopeless show.